Hello and welcome to our new episode of Voice of Crypto. I'm Abhishek and Voice of Crypto is a podcast which talks about Web3, Metaverse, NFT, crypto, everything which you want to know about this new digital asset class. And today I have a very special guest, Lexi, on this podcast. Uh, Lexi is an expert and this and she uh, is the first guest on this podcast who comes from, from the background of the, the AML side of, of the transactions and how this is done. So welcome on, on the podcast, uh, Lexi. Hi, thank you, Abby, for the introduction. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, Lexi, uh, as I said, AML regulation compliances is is, a, is is something which is needed in this industry. So why don't you talk about your journey uh, towards this uh, and explain us what do you do? And as I say, most of Web3 people who get into this industry, they come here by accident. So wh- what was your journey before getting into Web3 and what you're doing currently here? Sure, uh, brilliant. So uh, currently I work for a company called a coin firm. So we're leading AML blockchain analytics company. So I how I started my Web3 journey is like everyone else, most of them like by accident. So I was in like a creative industry and fintech industry for the past 10 years. And the uh, the last job I did before coin from is like a fintech company doing trading. And then I realized crypto is like everyone's talk about it's such a hot topic. And I get more and more interested after I do more research. So then I have this um, great opportunity to join this company. And then here we go. So I'm now like a, a studiasm for crypto and Web3. And also because I have some creativity background, so I understand fully the ownership of NFT. So that's perfect. Some like my previous colleagues in galleries, they are also in the same like ecosystem, but doing different things. So like everyone expected, blockchain make the world smaller and make all the industry come to the same place, which is amazing. Um, so talk a little bit about uh, CoinFirm. So we started from 2016. So when Bitcoin created 2009, there's no two can trace the transaction. And that's why we started to have our sector as like a blockchain analytics company is because of the regulation, i.e. the institutions and institutional investors, they have to know where is their transaction coming from and where is that going to. So it is quite difficult to be uh, trace the transaction without uh, advanced two. So our co-founder, they have the background uh, in traditional AML in investment banks. So they found this market gap and create coin from in, in 2016. Uh, that's where we are now. So we most of the regulations uh, comes from financial action task forces or FATF recommendations. Mm-hmm. And without a proper AML compliance, there is a, always the looming risk of crippling regulatory actions that will bring your business to a halt or get fined or the worst scenario to face um, some criminal actions for non-compliance. Mm-hmm. So that's what we can help with coin firm to minimize the regulatory risks so you don't have to worry about them at all and focus on the growth of your crypto 
or blockchain tech platform. Wow, wow. So, so Lexi, for our for our listeners, uh, what does AML stands for, and and what is the the use of AML currently, which which you see? So, uh, sorry, AML stands for anti money laundering. So that's a sector of compliance. So maybe f- past eight years, or even from my mom's generation, when I talk about crypto for them, they think. Oh, this is a tool for laundering money. Mm-hmm. So they run somewhere. It's like a bad reputation. And mm-hmm. here we go. We are helping to anti-money laundering. So, so uh, Alexi, just to simplify things, how do you explain uh, Web 3.0 to a five-year-old in just 25 words? How do you simplify these things for, for somebody who's, who's just five-year-old? Okay, I will start from like... A you can try, sure. W. Okay, so I will say wipe one is read-only. Mm-hmm. Wipe two is read and create. Wipe three is read and create and own. Mm-hmm. Is that five words in total? So- sure, I think it should be. <laughs> so, 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 Lexi, uh, since we're talking about AML and the... We, we are understanding analytics. Uh, and while I was talking to Lexi, she also spoke about that uh, their firm can track a transaction which is which might have happened 10 years back as well. So you can backtrack these transactions as as well. And and how how do you think it is helping the ecosystem of crypto and web three in the evolution from a regulatory uh, side of uh, 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 from a from a regulatory side of things which are happening currently in, in market? So there's uh, always um, the concern in this industry, which is the uncertainty of the mm. regulatory landscape, which is make like a different country have different law or policy, make it like and users difficult to uh, operate their their business because it's always like an update of a bill or like an update of a policy. Mm-hmm. But um, what we can do as a blockchain analytics company, because we can see all the transactions on blockchain and currently CoinFirm support 45 different network across like 920,000 different token and coins, mm-hmm. which is like, daily create more from like a whole platform. So because of that, we try to um, present ourselves like a bridge between the public sector, like IFIUs or regulators, with the private sector, like the virtual asset service providers and different exchanges and, or different uh, financial institutions they would like to offer the cryptocurrency business. Mm. How we do that is one way we will have like the training program with different countries regulators and also we will involve face consultancy which, which is involve their consultancy period to publish like Mika, uh, one of our head of like uh, regulatory affair uh, her name is Barbara. She even wrote a paragraph in Mika for the travel road. Sorry, what is Mika for us who don't know? So Mika is the market in crypto asset. So that's a provisional agreement in the EU and the release of the framework for 
international engagement on digital asset in U.S. Mm -hmm. and you know a desire to provide regulatory clarity in this space. Understood. Understood. So, so as we talk more about regulations, as we talk about more about compliances, where do you see uh, the the markets evolve in next five to ten years from a Web three perspective? Which include because I think what we are talking about is is economics. We are talking about the cultural shift. Where do you see a uh, ten years down the line uh, where we will be in the Web three journey? So for my personal view, I think although now it's like a buyer market, but there's so many crypto conference attract so many market players. It doesn't feel like a winter at all when you're going yeah. to. So if I may say in the five or ten in ten years time, uh, all the regulators they are all trying their best to find the the appropriate policy mm. for their territory to attract more institution and institutional investors to step in this ecosystem. So I will say more stability in the five years time or 10 years time compared to the previous five years time, because when um, the banks or the big wells, they invest in this ecosystem, or we call that massive adoption in the sense of it's more like everyone can get involved and is more stable and the price is not gonna looks like um from like i don't know five years time is a 3001 bitcoin to like last november yeah, thousand one bitcoin and mm. not drop to like 20k roughly so maybe in the future it will be not that volatility uh price can be more stable Right. So, so we have been hearing a lot of, in fact, uh, from last nine to 10 months, we have been hearing a lot of institutions who are getting into it. So we have been hearing JP Morgan getting into it. Uh, in fact, uh, we, we already know, uh, know Tesla as an institution has invested. I think that was something which, uh, which, which <laughs> brought the last uh, bull cycle when, when Tesla announced that they'll be accepting Bitcoin. Uh, we have been hearing about Michael Saylor's company uh, 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 getting into this. So as as we move forward, uh, Alexi, because you, again, you are from the industry sector, do you think this institutionals, when they come uh, into, into the crypto and the Bitcoin market, don't you think, again, I, I, a hypothetical question, and I understand this question, you, you will be answering probably from a personal point of view, is don't you think the whole idea of decentralized would go away if these institutes start coming in again and they start capturing a lot of market there what, what are your personal views on this so for a lot of like um big names like fidelity they even have their fidelity DeFi, right and other like big well-known like financial institutions they are attempting mm. but until there's a clarity of the regulation, they are really uh, conservative to move forward. Mm. So if I may say that eventually will be whether there is like a clear regulation and the big financial institutions will recruit like the right team and have the proper technology to design the product into the Web3 
this ecosystem, or like the ICO or the currently uh, market player from the Web3, they attract more investors, like institutional investors, towards mm. them. So it will be like whether it's from the top down or it's mm. from the bottom up, and okay. they will meet in the middle. There'll be a sweet spot where both decentralization and institutes will, will meet. Yeah. That's 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 what we all hope for, and I think that should happen as we go forward from here. Great, great. Interesting conversations happening, guys, with Lexi. Those who are hearing or those who are listening or or watching this video, keep watching. And I as I try to extract more insights about the industry, how the industry functions, and how AML happens, you know, across across multiple categories, and how Lexi and his team and our team is is trying to do something to to create an ecosystem which is accepted by traditional institutes as well, right? So uh, uh, now, uh, since since we're talking about uh, uh, Web3, we're talking about crypto, there are a lot of myths currently about Web3 and crypto. In fact, one, one myth which I know of is everybody thinks it's you just go into crypto, you make billions and millions and you get out of it. So which, and people don't know that crypto is just a small part of the whole web 3.0 so what are some other myths while you talk to and you you talk to people from from the institutional investor point of view as well what are some some of the myths which which you would like to burst as we get started on on the next session of our uh, podcast here sure so there is um excited time about web 3 web 3 is like decentralized is everyone can own your own data it's not like you create something and you give like the right of your data to like a big tech it's like mm. you actually have the ownership there's so many things like internet of things that's really amazing i really wanted one of like in the line maybe 10 years time all my fridge from my phone from my milk can be linked together that's amazing and is the is the same scenario for the home security and also like the nft is very popular for the past few years now because of the bear market maybe a little bit cooled down and another thing is really really popular is the metaverse is mm. um the metaverse is everything you can imagine it can be a twin technology what we are seeing, where uh, what we are using, even one of like the police station just create their metaverse police station like the past few weeks is fascinating space. Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of interesting things are happening, and we are just getting started. We are just at the starting of this tech cultural revolution, which which probably we as a generation will will create for the next generation which is coming in and they will see what we are trying to do and learn from it so so moving uh, on on to my my next question is uh, how does analytics work in blockchain so again uh, it'll be really great if you could simplify these things for us and for our listeners how and and how do you guys help brands or blockchains to implement these analytics Sure, I will do that in a really high level. That will start from where we collect the data and how mm -hmm. we translate the data and how could be the use case for 
every exchanges and custodians or uh, regulators to use it. So mm-hmm. we have three different sources to collect our data. We have on-chain transactional data, which at CoinFirm, we have our own nodes in 45 different blockchain, uh, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, but also Solana, Avalanche, Faircoin, uh, Near Foundation, you name it. And after we have the scrapper to see all the transactional data in our database, we also have the off-chain data. The off-chain data will be really valuable because we have the data of the different bad actors naming ransomware group, weapon trading group, or they involve this like .NET markets. We have like off-chain, like one petabyte off-chain data, which can communicate with the on-chain data if this is like the bad actor wallet and they have some transaction, the risk from the bad actor will transfer mm-hmm. to one hops way or two hops way. And in CoinFirm, we can trace back 200 hops away. Okay. So another uh, source we have our data collection is called shared intelligence. So we work with some like public sectors. If they have some open criminal cases, they will give us uh, the shared wallet addresses, which is involved with some illicit activities. So mm-hmm. that's why we collect the data. And the one other thing I would like to emphasize is a coin from we really uh, focus on the privacy of the data. So we are a European company fully applied to GDPR and everything we build is in-house. Our data analyst and all the technology back is in-house. So after we collect this data, we have to use it. Different data can tell different stories. Mm-hmm. So you can use the data to tell a story about which is next trend to invest in, but we look in behaviors. So mm-hmm. we can take all the transaction data into, there is a concept called data clustering, let's say there is an individual called John Smith. We say his wallet is like part of the dotnet market. And we can see a methodology of all the behavior happened on blockchain. Maybe John Smith has 10 different wallet addresses, but we can match the behavior with our algorithm to confirm that's from the same individual or the same multiple people as an entity to control the wallet behind them is like uh, one of the most famous .NET market group called Silk Road. Mm-hmm. So we have a big uh, data collection for the Silk Road wallet addresses. So we can say whether you have different laundering money mechanism, like you're layering the money or you're transacting hops away and another one transact five hops away in another wallet and all come by in a mapping way into the one that map market, which is Silk Road. Well, they just like shut down, but they're still the one of the most famous ones. Mm. And then after we have this methodology to give you there the bad actor and see the transaction, we screen your wallet as in your like exchange or your user of an exchange, and we give you a score. If this score is really high, that means we can see in the past transaction you involved with some potential illicit activity or your risk exposure is high. And we have our own in-house like calculation for the score, which is the low is 0 to 33 and the medium is about 33 uh, below the, uh, 66 and the high is about 66. 
And that's our way to, to screen in the wallet, give you a score, or we can screen a transaction, give you a score. Wow. Wow. This is, this is really interesting. And I, and I think I had never known about that. This is what, what goes when you do analytics. So, so in a nutshell, it is, it is something like a credit score for a person uh, when, when he wants to check his, his own score on, on a personal wallet. I, and I would say rather than a person, it's more from the institution point of view. It, um, for us, we'll start here from crypto exchanges. It's mm-hmm. like uh, we mentioned like the Mika or regulator, like the travel route. Mm-hmm. They will always ask crypto exchanges or custodian, like the virtual asset service providers have the responsibility to collect KYC. So know your customer. First, you know the ID and who they are. Mm-hmm. And then implement uh, anti-money laundering compliance framework to make sure it's coming in and going out transactions mm-hmm. are no illicit activity or potential exposure for AML and CTF. Interesting. So guys, those who are listening to this, this is a really interesting category. And, and uh, since we're talking about this, let's see, what is the scope of, of this industry? I mean, are uh, uh, is this industry go- growing? Are governments uh, more, are they interested in understanding this category better? Uh, are there more job openings happening? So people, because a lot of young people also listen to this podcast and and if if they want to get into this industry as for an employment point of view, what 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 does the future look like? I think it's amazing. I mean, I um I took one of my neighborhood like a uh, uh, high school student, like he's only seventeen years old uh, in Tibetan school, and he's super interested in Web three. And I took him to kind of work the level thirty nine for one of like the crypto events, and he's like really enthusiasm about everything about NFT. And his dream is like gonna do his degree uh, in computer science and then create his own business on Web three with his brother. And I know many people after so many events and networking, they're still college students, university students, and they look for uh, opportunities. And I also know a lot of like people from like engagement on, on work, like um, like maybe Binance, Kraken, like the namely big exchanges. Right. They have many young people there like to doing business like a really cool stuff uh, like developer or product owner, or they really know what is the next generation big things coming. So mm. it's a really good environment, I would say. Wow. So, so a lot of good opportunities and, and really the future looks bright in all these young hands who are who are getting into, I mean, at the age of 17 year old, I really don't, I didn't know what to do with my life. But if, if somebody is actually interested in Web3, it is, it is really uh, bringing in, lot of good talent into the industry yes 100 percent. so uh Lixi, i mean uh as you said you have been into fintech industry for for a very almost a decade is is, is what i remember you said uh and then you moved to to web3 uh looking back if there's anything else which you would like to change about your career or your growth is, is there anything which you would like to change um let me correct a little bit. I have like 10 years like experience both in creativity industry plus fintech. Ah, okay. Sorry. If yeah. I will change 
my career at this moment, I maybe will just choose a device sector of Web3. <laughs> this is the future to be. I want my child to be in this sector if she or he would like to, because eventually we are talking about maybe 10 years ago, we're talking mm. about fintech, we are rec type and insurance. Mm. Every sector we can think about, even about medical, even about public sector, they all have like a tech after it. The reason mm. why is that technology is going to eventually benefit all the industry. And Web3 is actually the cutting edge um, industry. Okay, if AI, uh, artificial intelligence, is part of the Web3, then it's the same. Or the artificial intelligence is not a sector, it's the cutting edge. Mm. I'm so proud of in this industry. Wow. <laughs> so so as, as a newcomer, if somebody is, is, is looking to get into this industry, what advice you would like to give them? What are your top three tips which, which they should follow? Um, so for my, my personal experience, because I maybe I have like the similar journey, so I'm going to take my journey for the recommendation is, first is like education, which is Web2 now have so many free materials you can learn. You can learn things from YouTube. You can learn things from a lot of good exchanges that have responsibility as well, like Binance mm. uh, Academic yeah. and a lot of exchange. They have the piece of their advice for the, the entering level people to learn about things. And you can learn to earn even. You can learn yeah. from piece of Cardano and earn the coin. That's really cool. Uh, that's one piece. And also, it's community-focused industry. So mm. we have to understand everyone has like a part of contribution, and we all have a right to say something and to make a bright future together. And this community is amazing. It's like I was looking for one of like um, panelists for our like the, one of the webinar and I asked in like one of the telegram group and eventually people help people and I found the perfect candidate to be on the webinar. This is just one small cases. Everyone help each other and everyone's so welcoming, so smelling. No industry like this, to be honest. I mean, in the my personal experience. So that's really good. And um, the last but not the least, I think we both need the soft skew and the hard skew at the same time, which mm -hmm. is like, this is a really tight focus um, industry, apart from like educate ourselves from like the different white source. Maybe you would like to be like developer, then you need to learn a new language for blockchain because a lot of like old language is not applicable. And mm -hmm. maybe you want to do a really new sector and then you can look for what is the hard skills you have to be and that's everyone will enjoy the journey yeah yeah so i i, I completely agree with, with the community part alexi and i i think in fact all the listeners were listening i i had met lexi last month for a small event i think we hardly spoke for a minute or two and when i approached her for on linkedin for this podcast she readily agreed and I think that's how the community grows that's how connections are built in web3 as as you rightly said web3 is all about where you are writing you are also reading and also creating so I think the creative part is, is somewhere where irrespective of 
what your expertise is irrespective of what you have been doing people help each other and they come and then and they come all together to help each other so that's i think the beauty of of this community and they're very welcoming to to everyone who who wants to learn to this so those who are who are looking to learn uh, please we don't be ashamed to ask anyone i mean i i asked a very simple question which which might be a stupid for for somebody if i don't know the meaning of aml i asked so ask because you don't know everything Yes, 100%. That's exactly how I started. Nobody knows everything. And I need to ask all my team about the concept, about a lot of basic things. And eventually, you will be the one to be asked the same question. Yes. And then you will reveal your journey. You will say, wow. <laughs> okay. 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 So, so uh, Lexi, as, uh, as a business development manager, what are some of the challenges which you face on on a daily basis or or how does your day looks like like what what is a what do you do on on a day to day basis in in your work so um because this is like a bear market which talk about like a no more days and now so yeah. <laughs> as a business development manager our mission for the company is get new logo to close more deals mm. so we'll have like the lead generation which are the potential clients mm. after they read some amazing article we publish they will come to our funnel and then they're interested in what we are doing to have AML control for their company. And then I will understand their requirement and do a demo to have like a consolation, how we can help with perhaps lessening procedure or the other compliance requirements. And then um, I need continuously to nurture all the uh, market players because a lot of people they are like from Tradify and they just wanted to start this business as an idea. So mm. we need to from the very beginning to introduce the blockchain foundation and what we can help and how you can grow as your company. Um, so that's my daily life. And in bear market now, my daily life will be go-to-market strategy as how we met. It's like I go to as much as event I can go, like a working PR is like people ask where we're doing. Not many people know what AML, KYT, blockchain analytics, but after they saw me and have a chat, they will understand, oh, CoinFirm is amazing. They're literally helping this ecosystem. So, and then I will generate some meetings and introduce what we do, the same thing. The challenge of this role is, it's the same. We have to continuously to read and learn about industry. There's a new scan coming from. There's a new technology. There's a new regulatory affair happened. And this is so many things we have to follow up. And that is everyone need to do. And we also as blockchain analytics, we produce this type of like articles to educate more market players to read and understand this market. Wow, wow. So this is the difference between a, a bull market and, and a bear market. Uh, when when you are in between these markets, these, this is what happens. So uh, uh, as as we come to the end of uh, uh, this, this podcast, uh, Alexi, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you, about your company, uh, how, how can they reach out to you? 
the most simplest way is LinkedIn search Lexi Lu. So the spelling of my name is L E X I L I U. Yeah. And then you can search for our company if you're difficult to find me on LinkedIn. It's CoinFirm. Uh, and after you visit our website, you will know a lot of information what we provide. Not only we provide AML framework, we can also provide investigation forensic. For example, if unfortunately a victim got hacked and we can help the victim to trace the stolen phone into Mixer and Tumblr. And we have the experience go to the court to be the witness to explain what's happened on wow. trading and eventually help uh, as a recovery proceed. So if you're interested, um, LinkedIn me, and then we can have a chat. Sure. So I will put uh, Lexi's LinkedIn uh, link also in the description of this uh, of this uh, YouTube and podcast. And, and she's very active on LinkedIn. So if you ping her, I think within a day, she will definitely respond sometimes even faster for, for that. So, so Lexi, uh, one last hypothetical question for you. If, if I give you a time machine and if you could go 10 years in future, where do you see yourself? Both uh, personally as well as professionally. It's a question you think about it. <laughs> time of now, travel forward. Um, what I really want to do is like if every everyone in ten years' time will have like a metaverse piece, like a land or something, maybe I can create a charity in the metaverse. And wow. then, um so one of the projects I have done before, I mean I I need enough money. I hopefully ten years time in the line. I already like can financial um satisfy myself and then I can choose whatever I want to do. Um, and the one of my project I really uh, loved, I did before, is uh, for a charity called Voice of Hope. And then I was teaching Chinese food uh, to like the vulnerable teenagers. And then we cook like dumplings, noodles, like a set of meal wow. and deliver the meal to homeless people. So this is like a 3D project. And if there's there's so many cool projects, literally the charity is doing, and in the light of crisis of cost of living, mm. the bank should really doing something for society at the moment. But right. in time, hopefully that removed that concern already. But in metaverse, we still need like a charity function to be able to let everyone feel the small catness and care and love. Well, that's that's really a great gesture. Uh... Excellent. I think, and on, on this note, uh, we will. So one thing which I ask all my guests to do when they come on my podcast is, uh, is to explain what, what is the uh, idea behind voice of crypto Lexi is, is, is we are creating awareness about web three metaverse crypto. And it's not just my voice, which is, which is heard. We all are the voice of crypto. So you are a voice of crypto. So I'm a voice of crypto. Everybody's a voice of crypto. I would like you to say a single a sentence which says, I'm the voice of crypto. I'm the voice of crypto. Thank you very much. And on this note, uh, we will finish this, this uh, recording. And thank you very much, Lexi, for, for coming on this podcast and explaining us 
what you do and how important important are analytics and AML in the blockchain industry. Uh, 